Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. I hope I don't have to say, thus saith the Lord, because that was not my idea. So a few weeks ago, we started talking about a mindset, a mindset, setting our minds on our faith in God, who he is. Not just a mindset of faith that says, oh, I believe everything's going to be all right, which is awesome. We do need to believe that. But a mindset of who he is. Our faith in him. So just as a short refresher, in prayer a few weeks ago, the Lord spoke very clearly to me, and he said, people are wondering if I am still sovereign meaning they're wondering if I'm still the supreme power and authority if I really am in control because they've never seen me in this manner before where it actually rains on the just and the unjust do we still have faith a belief a confidence in the one true God. It's a question that we need to be able to answer. We talked about 1 Peter 1 and 13 where we need to gird up the loins of our mind. We know it's been said a thousand times that that's where the battle is. To put that scripture in the way that I had studied it out, Peter was saying, wherefore gird up restrain get a hold of your thoughts tighten them prepare yourself for the journey that is ahead do it in the loins of your mind where your thoughts where you carry your burdens be sober be calm and collected and hope all the way to the end. Hope completely for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We must have a mindset of faith in our God right now during these difficult times when even I was speaking with someone this weekend. They were saying, you know, we've lost some young people during this time when we couldn't have church. And now that we're back to having church, they have gone their way. And I said, if it's hard for us adults who have been living for God for years, can you imagine how it is for them? 
we talked in one lesson about putting God on a balancing scale. Putting who he says he is on one side of the scale. And what he does on the other side of the scale and see if it balances out. I don't know about you, but I want my life to reflect the same. <laughs> if I say I'm this, I want to act it out. I want to be that person. Uh, I don't know if I read it somewhere or have heard somebody say it, but I would love to be the person that people think I am. Well, in some cases. <laughs> the good stuff, let's just say that. Because let's face it, if you are in the church and you've been living for God a while, people look at you and they say, well, there's a good Christian person. There's a person that loves the Lord. There's a person that prays. There's a person that whatever walks with the Lord. If somebody's saying that about me, I want the other side of the scale to equal. I want to be that person. So we put him on the scale to see if he keeps his word, if he's a God that we can trust. And yes, of course, a thousand times, yes, he backs up his word. He doesn't just say, I am the God that healeth thee. But on the other side of the scale, he heals us. And not just a long time ago, back in the Bible, he still heals every single day, multiple times a day. For those who ask, and for those who believe. We need to know for ourselves who we put our faith in. I love, I thank the Lord so many times for my heritage. But I cannot live by my mother's faith in God. I have to have it on my own, especially in difficult times. <laughs> My feet have to be planted solid in my faith in God. So today, I want to talk about our relationship with God. Every relationship is based on experience. The experience of first impressions, the experience of conversations held, the experience of time spent together. The experience of disappointment and heartache. The experience of laughter coming from real life happenings. If you can't laugh at yourself, well, you need to. <laughs> the experience of having a knowledge and then an understanding of someone to the point where you don't even need words. You know those songs that we sing and it's just oh oh and you're like what are the words I don't have words because he's so awesome oh <laughs> relationships are based on experience the knowledge that I acquire over a period of time helps me to form my opinion of someone the longer I know you, the more experiences I have with you, 
the more facts I accumulate about you, the better judge of character I am about you. <clears throat> Maybe that's why some people stay away from me. <laughs> like, oh, I want you to know me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it happens all the time. We judge people without any experience with them or very little experience with them. We may not even know someone, never even met them, but we see a picture or we see a video of them and we think we know them. I'm going to tell you something. That is dangerous. I don't want anybody looking at me and forming an opinion just by looking at me. Like they know who I am, my character, all of that. We can base our opinion upon people without even ever speaking to them. And if it's a bad opinion, shame on us. We've got to be very careful of things like that. And what does the Bible say? <laughs> you will be judged in the way that you judge other people. So if you're constantly looking around, seeing if everybody's doing everything right, I have had conversations with the Lord over this. I'm like, Lord, please get that out of my spirit. I am not you. <laughs> and everybody has a story. Sometimes don't you just want to wear a, a name tag or a sign hanging on you? Like when I had both of my black eyes, which they're a little bit black, I just wanted to wear a sign. My husband really is a good guy. <laughs> or really what I wanted to say, you should see his face. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just want to wear a sign and say, uh, can you just give me a little bit of grace right now? Sorry, I didn't feel like smiling today. I just lost a loved one. I mean, if we are constantly looking at people and, and passing judgment on them because, well, they don't even worship, we have no idea what they're going through. But I'm talking about people that, you know, we don't have a relationship with. And we just, you know, see a picture and we pass judgment on them. We can't do that. But today I have a question for every one of us. Based upon our experience and our relationship with God, based upon the time that we have spent with him, who is God to you? Who is God to you? Would you have to think about it for a long time? Or would you be able to answer very quickly? Either way, it doesn't matter. Some people really like to weigh their words carefully. And then there's people like me. So, <laughs> I appreciate those people that like to weigh their words very carefully. They tend to not get in as much trouble. <laughs> but we're talking about a mindset of faith in who God is. There's an old song. I can't say it's one of my favorites. 
but it says get your mind on Jesus and let's have church. Well, if you were here for focused prayer, that's exactly what we did. <laughs> um, but when we begin our service with our minds on Jesus, then we do have good church. That's for sure. You may ask me if I know someone and uh, my reaction will say probably a lot. Um, my expressions, my words, they're going to reveal my thoughts and you're not going to have to wonder how I feel about someone which uh, sometimes that's good, sometimes that's not so good. So with maturity, you learn to just not say everything that's on your mind. But my opinion of someone is based upon my experiences with them. If I don't say anything at all, you'll probably know how I feel as well. I don't know. You might ask me about a good doctor. Well, if I've had a bad experience, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, go find somebody else. Our relationships are based on our experiences. Now, you could mention to me, you could ask me something about someone in my family. You are definitely going to get a biased opinion. Even though not every experience has been perfect. Right? Is that how you feel about your family? Yes. But my relationship goes so much deeper because of all my experiences with them. No matter what I've done, they've still loved me. No matter what I've said, no matter how ignorant I acted, um, we still have Thanksgiving together and hug each other. You know? They don't hold it against me uh, all my ignorance of my teenage years. Thank God for that. <laughs> and I still love them with all of their faults as well. There really is thick blood through families. So I can talk about my brother, but you better not talk about him. <laughs> you know how that is. But it's my experiences with them. But you know what? I've had 57 years <laughs> of experiences with them. That's why my relationship with them is tight. That's why you better not talk about them even though I can talk about them. <laughs> and some of them have had even longer experiences with each other. Thank God, they like six plus my mother, they've all had a lot longer time than I've had with each other. Right, Jeff? <clears throat> yes, he is older than me. Barely. But what has happened is those experiences with my family over a 57-year period of time have built such a bond and a trust that cannot be broken. They give me grace, I give them grace. And the basis, our foundation of our family was based on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. 
So we were taught you love one another no matter what. You give grace to one another no matter what. So, some relationships with God vary depending upon the circumstances at the time. Even though they shouldn't. If things are going well, then God is good. Wow, he is good. Let me testify. <laughs> but if everything is going horrible, oh, I guess God's just forgotten all about me. I'm talking about a relationship with him based on our experiences with him. He has led me to talk about this mindset of a faith in him because of the troubled times that we're in. And when you're in troubled times, your mind can begin to play tricks on you. You just thought God was a healer, but he let these people die. You just thought God was going to be there for you every minute of the day, and you can't feel him anywhere. Your mind begins to play tricks on you, and of course then there's the enemy. And then depending on who you're listening to and what you're listening to, if you're constantly putting into your mind all the negative things of the world and you're being bombarded with those opinions, then your opinion of God can change. We find out what we're really made of when trouble comes. You find out what your marriage is really made of when trouble comes. Either you just dig in and put up with it or you just go somewhere else. Here we are in a very troubled time and we need to be able to answer the question, who is God? To me. It's a personal journey. It's a personal relationship. I cannot answer that question for you. And you can't answer that question for me. Depending on the day, we may have trouble answering that question in a positive way. One thing that we see throughout the Bible of what people did when they were struggling, when times were tough, they reached back into their past and they remembered what God did for them back then. And they reminded themselves, well, if he could do it then, <laughs> he can do it now. Because they believed when he said, I am God and I change not. So if he way back then delivered us, surely he can deliver us today. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves, don't we, of who he is and what he's done for us in the past. Right now, there is so, it feels like we're on this unstable ship and we're just being tossed. One week it's okay, the next week you're going to die. You know, one week you can do this and the next week you can't. One week you can eat inside of a restaurant and the next week you can't. You go through a drive-thru. I mean, some of this stuff is funny. 
you go through a drive-thru and with their hands, with no gloves, they put your burger into the bag. They put that thing of fries into the bag and they, you know, curl up the bag for you and they grab the ketchup and throw it on top of the fries so their hands that was on the ketchup things touched your fries and then they grab, I asked for one salt. I've learned to ask for one because I'm try trying to rob the company and they're like grab 45 and put it in there. I'm like well I guess I'll fill up my salt shaker. <laughs> Thank you Jesus. No. Um, and then they take your bag and they put it in a tote <laughs> that they have touched a thousand times and then they stick it out. Here you go. I'm like really? So I purposely reach and touch their hand while I'm grabbing my oh thanks. No. I don't. <laughs> That's just what I want to do, but I don't do it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, you know, this time that we're in, if we don't know him for ourselves, not the person next to you's relationship with God, but our own, if we do not know who he is, we may get tossed right on out the door as a big wave hits us with all of this. King David was really good about writing how he felt about the Lord and singing about how he felt about the Lord. Psalm 36, 5 through 7, he says, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens and thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds thy righteousness is like the great mountains thy judgments are a great deep O Lord thou preservest man and beast how excellent is thy loving kindness O God therefore the children of men shall put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. He would remind himself of who God is. He stayed in the shepherd's field over and over years and years and learned who God was. He spent a lot of time with God. He had a lot of experiences with God. Psalms 89, 1 through 3. He said, I will sing of thy mercies, of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shall thou establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. <laughs> he had some awesome experiences with God. And how can you write a psalm like Psalm 23? without spending some intimate time with the great shepherd. The one who taught David how to be a great shepherd. How many millions of people over this world has that one psalm ministered to? 
people that have never had an experience with God, have never had a relationship with God, but they sit at a funeral of a loved one where they need comfort. And they get comfort out of a relationship that King David had with God. So even our relationship with God can help somebody else. He experienced the great shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. <laughs> Can you say that right now? In this valley that we're in, in this shadow of death, can you say, I will fear no evil? You know why he said it? He said, because thou art with me. I mean, you got God with you. You've got him in you. Why are we afraid? Why are we afraid of the evil that is happening? <laughs> David had quite a bit of experience with God Almighty. So he could write a psalm that thousands of years later is still ministering to people every single day. Woo! Oh my goodness, he knew God. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I can sit down across the table from my enemy and say, let me tell you something. <laughs> my God has a plan and you've already lost. So you might as well just turn around and go home. <laughs> Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me when I'm doing everything right. No, that's not what it says. All the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's where David wanted to be because he knew God so well he wanted to be with him all of the time. <laughs> Woo! So by this one psalm we find several experiences David must have had with the Lord. Obviously he experienced times of want and the Lord was with him. Times where God led him. Times where God had to make him lie down and rest we called it quarantine times of death and fear and God walked with him when he needed direction when he needed comfort he found God and God was with him in battle as his king oh my goodness it's because David knew him <laughs> he had experiences with God he watched God come through in the nick of time he watched him come through when he felt like God was a million miles away. Oh God, where are you? And by the end of the psalm, you see God was there. We're talking about a belief, a confidence, a faith in a one true God that does not waver even in the time of trouble. We've mentioned those in Hebrews that Hebrews deems as heroes of faith 
and why their names got mentioned. Were they just heroic people? Was it because of the miracles that happened? Was it because they were just perfect people? No, it was because they had a stubborn and a relentless faith in their God. When you get another past due bill, and then you get another one, and you're like, I, I just do not have it. And you lay it down on your altar at home, and you're like, okay, God, here, here it is. I don't have this. And you do it again, and you do it again, because you're just stubborn, and you're just relentless, because you know God said, I will supply all of your needs. And you hold him to his word. And then you see him come through. <laughs> These people in Hebrews, that's what they did. It just didn't matter what was happening around them. It's like they set their face <laughs> toward God and said, Hey, I don't really care what everybody else thinks. I don't really care if you don't believe me that God spoke to me and said, Build this great big humongous ark and we've never had rain I'm telling you it's going to flood I'm telling you it's going to that's why I tend when people tell stories about their experience with God I'm telling you I don't look at them like they've got two heads I look at them like that is so awesome so, you know, and, and people that tell those stories, you'd think they'd get comfortable telling them <laughs> because their stories are so crazy. But Sister Lonnie and I went and heard uh, Sister Vicki Vernon Friday night, and she told a story. She said, I've never told this before because it sounds so crazy. <laughs> she had a pain in her hip. She had her husband pray for her. And uh, she went to bed and she said, I don't know if it was a dream. I don't know if it was a vision. And uh, she said it was like a drill bit, like spinning, like a little hurricane spinning, tornado spinning. And it came down and it hit her hip and then it just left. And she woke up and she went about her day and put her heels on and realized there's no pain. <laughs> There's no pain in my hip. Maybe that was a God thing that happened. So she said, I think it was the next day, she was getting dressed, and all of a sudden she notices there's this red dot like a shot where a shot goes in. She's like, oh, that really was you, God. <laughs> Woo! I'm telling you, all that does is build my faith. <laughs> I don't care how he does it because you just can't put it on God and make it happen in a way that we think it's going to happen. He's going to do just the opposite so he gets the glory. <laughs> oh my goodness, these people in Hebrews, they believed him <laughs> no matter the circumstances. Even when it seemed like God wasn't listening, <laughs> they just kept believing. Even when it looked hopeless, they chose to do what was right even in the face of adversity because now let's go to the root of it because they had a relationship 
with God before he ever asked Noah to build an ark. <laughs> Noah had a relationship with him. Before he ever told Abraham, now, I know you're comfy. You got your favorite chair. You, got, you know, it reclined. You got your favorite slippers. You got it all down. But I want you to leave all that and just start walking. <laughs> I mean, who asked their best friend to do that? He had a relationship. He had a relationship with God. Moses, on the backside of a desert, built a relationship with God. Might have taken him 40 years, and sometimes it takes us a really long time before God can speak to us something that sounds ridiculous and us do it. But the fact is, he had a beautiful relationship with God. And that faith in what God told him to do led one million people across a Red Sea. How many people could we affect because our relationship with God is so strong that God could ask anything of us and we would just get up and do it? How many people would it affect? We don't know, do we? <laughs> The walls of Jericho came down because of a relationship with God. Noah built the ark in fear of God, not in fear of man. The more experiences you have with God, the more you're going to get to know him and what he's all about. The more time you have with him, the more you trust him. The more prayers you pray, the more prayers are going to be answered. And it builds our faith in him. When trouble comes, it's a faith-building moment. <laughs> Just ask and see if God comes through. It amazes me every single time and if I could kick myself, I would do it. It amazes me every single time that I forget to ask God to do something. <laughs> when there's a need, and I'm like, okay, let me figure this out. 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 When all along, he's, he knows. He's got it figured out. He should be our first source. Hebrews 13, or 11 and 39 says this, and these all, all these people that are listed in Hebrews 11, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Are you kidding me? They built arcs. They walked around walls when it didn't make sense. They left their homes. They did all of this and they didn't even see the promise. They didn't see all the promises. Let's put it that way. They never gave up on God. They never gave up on God being sovereign and being in control. They never gave up their faith in him. And that is exactly why their names are in there. Because it's faith that pleases God. And it's impossible, the Bible says, to please him without having faith in him. 
I guarantee you that some of these people that we have had relationships with and have loved very dearly that have passed because of this virus. Brother Hernandez, Jeff and Valerie Sanders, Betty Wayne, and many others <clears throat> of these saints, these ministers that passed because of this virus, they had promises that they never saw come to pass. But they all died with a mindset of faith in their God that they would see their promises come to pass. And it is counted unto them as righteousness. So what if you don't see the promises come to pass in your lifetime? Will you die with a smile on your face saying, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to, I believe it. He said it. I'm holding him to his word. And then you take your last breath. It's going to be counted unto us for righteousness. Why? Why could they still be praising God and ministering to people from a hospital bed? Because their faith in God was not shaken. They had such a relationship with God. You don't get that overnight. It's prayer after prayer after prayer after prayer. Times with the Lord alone, intimate times with him. Pouring your guts out to him. Saying, God, you're the only one that knows about this. <laughs> they built a relationship with him. God rewards those who keep their faith in him. We can pray and fast and do everything that we know to do, but if we don't have a mindset of faith in a sovereign God, then what good is it doing us? We've got to check our mindset. This is a very troublesome time. God is looking for people that will dig their heels of faith in and say, I don't care what it looks like. I've read the back of the book. <laughs> you see, if I just keep my faith in this God that I've built a relationship with, I'm not going to waver. And even though up till this time, I've had a lot of really good experiences with him, that's why I'm sold on him. You can't change my mind. I've already had a lot of experiences with him. I know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're not going to change my mind on that. But those experiences are not enough because I still have to face tomorrow. And if the Lord wills next week, and if the Lord wills next year, and 10 years, however long my time is here on the earth, I still have to face those days and that trouble that's coming. So I can't just build my relationship on him of past experiences, even though they're good. And that's why I'm where I am today in my walk with him because of those experiences. But I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I'm going to get a new experience tomorrow in prayer and in the word. I'm going to get a new experience next Sunday when I hear the word preached. I'm going to get a new experience next year. I'm going to build on that relationship. So my faith in God is not wavered when the trouble times come. Let me ask you again, who is God to you? Who is God to you? It's a good question, Sister Burke. Thank you, but I can't take the credit because that's what he said to me. 
we better know who God is to us. And we're going to end and stand and read Psalm 121. And can I just encourage you, during these unstable times, they're only unstable in the world, okay? Let me make that clear. <laughs> but during these unstable times when you're hearing this and that and all of this and our faith can be shaken if we allow it or whatever, Psalms is a great place to get a grip on things again. If, if you're not reading anywhere in the Bible right now, that's not good. Read Psalms. And when you get to the 150th chapter, just start on over again. If you want to encourage yourself in the Lord, oh, this is a beautiful place to encourage yourself in the Lord. It is. Let's read Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8 together. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't you praise him like you know him? Hallelujah. Praise him for every experience you've had with him. Praise him for every prayer he's answered. Praise him. Hallelujah. In the good times and the bad times, his name shall be praised. Hallelujah. You are God alone and you do not change. And we praise your name, oh God. Hallelujah. I put my faith in you, oh God. No matter what I see, you are God alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I got my mind made up. That's right. He's still going to be God no matter what happens. He's good. Lord bless you.